That's right. It's 1914 here at WFSE 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. And to those listening, yes, Matthew, I am now on the air. I got a phone call this morning. Miss Maddie G, my co-host, as always, on every Tuesday and Thursday. How are you this morning? I am waiting for the caffeine to kick in. Aren't we all? Hopefully it will in the next couple of minutes because... Because we got a show to do, dang it. Yeah, we do. We have a big show to do. We have a big show to do today. So, a little bit of programming switch. So, big show today. We'll be on for about two hours, maybe two and a half. Depends on how long it takes us to get through everything. Tom Weisenweber will be joining us at 10 a.m. for his local high school wrap-up. That's Tom Weisenweber of the Erie Times News. And his website which is highschoolsports.goerie.com, your source for everything, all varsity for the entire District 10. That's what they cover. Um, But he will be joining us at the 10 a.m. hour uh, to talk about high school football. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about homecoming since Tom was down and watched that one. Homecoming game, uh, Edinburgh versus Gannon, so we'll talk about that. We'll also have a short preview of football because we're not going to be here Thursday. So we're going to preview the football game against Mercyhurst. And we're also going to review our picks from the Pick'em to see how we did. Some people gained some ground. Some people lost some ground. He's talking about me, about losing ground. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a hair. But it's not that bad. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. We'll get into that here after a bit. Um, also, we got soccer to talk about, wrap up, because soccer played at 9.30 in the morning Saturday, so we'll talk about their game versus Westchester, and it didn't go that bad. They didn't win, but it didn't go that bad, so perhaps you can take a moral victory, if you will. We'll talk about that as well. Also, we'll talk about the ladies' volleyball team being on the road and what they've accomplished thus far. Then, uh, do 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 um, we'll also, you know what, there's an, um, we will also pick the Thursday night game. The Thursday night game only. Because we won't be here Thursday because I have other commitments. So there will be no show this Thursday. However, on Friday, as a special treat, a one hour only morning after, where we will be joined by the one, the only, Mr. Drew Patrick, former broadcast partner and, uh, I guess plank owner, if you will, of the morning after. Then following him at um, 11.30 will be the one, the only Gabe G-Money Hypes will be calling in from Syracuse. He'll join us and let us know what he's been up to because on Friday is College Radio Day. WFSC is participating in, in College Radio Day. So you'll hear a lot of voices from over the years, they'll be calling in, talking about their radio shows, perhaps playing some of their music from their shows, and uh, it'll be hosted by current students here in the radio station, and they'll be calling in and having conversations about college radio, what it meant to them, how it helped them in their current field, so should be great, should be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be nice to have a Thursday off, too. 
I don't know what that's like. I, you know, sometimes, well, I mean, like, this kind of feels like a Thursday, like, every Thursday kind of feels like doing a Thursday off, like, other than the fact I go to work in class. Right. But I mean, like, the morning after is a nice little break in my day to kind of just talk about things we like to talk about. It's not like a job. It's like right. a fun spot in my day. It's the one bright spot where you can, well, let your hair down, grab a cup of coffee or some other caffeine. I've been on a, a soda kick. Been on a soda kick? A soda kick. That's the only thing we have in the office, so I need to stop that. <laughs> Maybe pick up a case of water. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we'll have to go over and see if our friends up at... Uh, up on the hill can help us out. I can't quite mention their name yet because I don't know if I'm allowed to. University. But we're working on it. Hopefully. Because they're friends of the show. I know they tune in and listen to us. So um, Let's go ahead and get it started with soccer. Homecoming. Saturday morning. 9.30 in the morning. Game kicked off. There wasn't a score in this game until the 86th minute. 86 minutes and 24 seconds. Westchester, number 14 ranked in the nation, finally scored on this Edinburgh team. Uh, we'll go through the highlighted players here for Edinburgh. Holly Hammer, two shots, one shot on goal. Rebecca Manns, two shots, two shots on goal. Brittany Hurry, two shots, one shot on goal. Ali Frania, one shot, one shot on goal. So a true back and forth game. So here is the short story. According to GoFightingScots.com, direct quote, the the short story. Number 12, Westchester held off a young and upset-minded Edinburgh squad on homecoming, scoring in the final minutes. Westchester University's Kendall Rich scored her fifth goal of the season at the 86th minute for the lone goal of the match, the 12th-ranked Golden Rams then held off scoring attempts by the Fighting Scots in the final minutes to escape with the win. The contest was shown live on ESPN3. So this was a great battle back and forth defensively. Nobody really gaining ground and nobody... It was kind of weird because I was was unsure of how this young Edinburgh team would react to a nationally ranked team coming in here. But I think the hype behind homecoming, the extra flair, if you will from around campus because everybody really gets up for homecoming. Uh, I think that helped out this young team and maybe motivated them a little bit more. Um, but to be able to hang with Westchester that long shows me this team really does have potential. They may not be able to see it through this year. It may not pay off for them this year. But I believe next year next year we'll see a varying amount of scores going forward. I think they'll do a lot better uh, next year as well. Uh, The ladies will be in action this Wednesday right here at Sox Harrison Stadium. That's a 6 o'clock tip-off for that one versus Clarion University. The Golden Eagles of Clarion come in here. Uh, So that should be a decent match. And then Friday on the 12th, IUP comes to Sox Harrison. And they'll be that'll be a two o'clock. That's an odd start for us, but that's a two o'clock on a Friday. So if you don't have much going on, no classes and stuff, head on out to Sox Harrison. 
where you can catch that game. I'm not sure if we're broadcasting. Are we broadcasting both of those games? Uh, the It'll be Wednesday night at 6. For Claire, I know we're doing that one. And then Friday at 2. Yes, we are. Oh, goody gumdrops. <laughs> so you can listen to both of those right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. That's next Friday. Next Friday. Not fri- this Friday. This Friday. Oh, that's right. I'm looking too far ahead. It's the 12th. No, it's okay. You're preparing. Yeah. You're preparing. I am. <laughs> and then, yeah, then on the 14th, they'll go to uh, Drew Patrick's new place of employment, Mansfield University. I mean, it's not really his new place. He's been there a couple years. Still. It's newish. Newish. Newer. He's, he's not quite tenured yet, <laughs> if you will. So that's your soccer schedule. Good luck, ladies. And uh, we look forward to seeing you Wednesday right here at Sox Harrison Stadium. Again, a reminder to students, admission is free with your student ID. And who does not love free stuff? By Wednesday, all this wet and yuckiness that you see before us that you're waking up to this morning should be gone so it should be a nice evening out at Sox Harrison. There's nothing better than Burrow in the fall. Just saying. All righty, moving on from soccer, we take a look at women's volleyball as they were on the road. They took on a Seton Hill and ended up losing this one in a PSAC conference matchup. Three sets to nil. Uh, Edinburgh lost the first one 25-19, the second one 25-21, and the third and final one 27-25. Standouts for Edinburgh, Sierra Jackson, 10 kills. Hannah Cantrell, 7 kills. Paige Morris, 6 kills. Alicia Eldridge, 6 kills. So there you have it. The ladies will be taking on that school down south. Today, as a matter of fact, at Slippery Rock University, that'll be a 7 p.m. tip-off for that one. Good luck, ladies. Hopefully they get a win over our dreaded rival, because any time that we can beat Slippery Rock is a good time for me. At least that's how I see it, Maddie. I don't know how you feel, but that's how I feel. And then Friday, this Friday... They'll be here at Macomb Fieldhouse taking on Clarion University. That will be streamed via ETV. However, I'm not sure it will be on WFSE. We still have a planning. We'll let you know Friday for sure, 100. But, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be on ETV, so you can catch a, catch their stream there. And then Saturday... They're back at it again. That's a 1 o'clock tip-off for that one. They'll be taking on IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, right here at Macomb Fieldhouse. Again, admission is free with your student ID. Come on out and pack Macomb Fieldhouse and cheer these ladies on. Football is away on Saturday. They're taking the long trek up to Mercyhurst University. And by long trip, I mean about 20 minutes down the road. So it's kind of like a home game for them. Kind of. Kind of, sort of, in a roundabout way. So good luck, ladies. Um, pull out the win for us tonight down there in Slippery Rock. And we'll see you back here at home on Friday. 
So we'll go ahead and take a short break here on the morning after 926 here at WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And coming back, Maddie and I will go over the homecoming game. Because apparently there was a little bit of an excitement. A little bit of a battle, if you will. So we'll go ahead and dive into all of that and then probably preview the Mercyhurst game as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Morning After right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on The Morning After Sports Show right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. I am your host, Tubby, and alongside me today is Miss Maddie G. Hello. Hello. And uh, so there was some football. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I, what, was it homecoming? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Because the, there was a parade. Yeah. So I assume it was homecoming. Yeah. And there was a bunch of alumni on campus. There was a lot of people on campus. A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot so of they festivities. all came. Huh? A lot of festivities too. There were a lot of festivities. There were a lot of cool yeah. stuff. There was the Kilted Mile. There was kegs and eggs, wrestling, wrestling outside, wrestling outside, which Um. made me all kinds of happy, (laughs) even though I wasn't here for it. Gosh, dang, darn it. Maybe they'll do it again. Well, I hope so, because we're about to get snow. (laughs) And I say that only because it's burrow and it's now October. So like it's free game for snow. I'm saying (laughs) like there's been soccer games that have been canceled because of snow. Kids have gone trick-or-treating with their snowsuits underneath their costumes. That's why we buy them like two sizes too big. Just saying. Anywho, I'm happy for it because I hate the hot. Uh, homecoming. Football. Uh, uptown rival. The Gannon Golden Knights came on down here to Sox Harrison Stadium. Where Edinburgh promptly handed them an L. Well, it wasn't quite that easy. See, it was all tied up going into halftime, 14-14. Then in the third, they kind of traded touchdowns there. And then in the fourth, the defense stood up and shut out Gannon just to have uh, Edinburgh score the go-ahead touchdown. And Edinburgh wins this one 31-24 from Sox-Harrison Stadium. This game was brought to you on ESPN3 and the Watch ESPN app because they were in town. So you were there, Miss Maddie. What did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? I was there. I was there until halftime because I had a prior engagement. Um, I was on the sidelines even. Um, it was a good game, Tubby. I mean, Gannon put the first points on the board, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. They jumped out to a 14 nothing lead, I think, at one point. But one thing I love, I'll say it over and over and over again, about Edinburgh sports is, especially for homecoming, we had, the stadiums were, the stadium was full. Like, both sides were full. They had people in the overfill bleachers. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the support of people that come out to Edinburgh for every game, not just homecoming, every game. Like, we get a ton of people. And, like, even students come out. Which we're lucky to see because sometimes at some universities, kids don't come out. Um, and I love that. And I love that even though Gannon was up those couple points, nobody in that crowd was like, oh, well, guess it's time to go. Everybody stayed there and stuck it out till the end um, because it was a good game. It wasn't a, 
it wasn't a oh they're gonna take this one team's gonna take this game right off the bat. It was like a they're both battling out for this win here, and that's what I like. I like an entertaining game. I mean that's just my personal opinion, but I don't know. I don't like it. I, like I like I don't mind if it's a game where one team is gonna be the clear winner. And you could see that, but like I also really, really like an entertaining game. So this game for me was a good game. I know you weren't around to see it. I don't know if you got the chance to watch it there on the. No, we had issues with the stream. Um, okay, so here's what had happened. Here was my homecoming weekend. I had made plans with Drew Patrick, our alumni, my friend, and uh. I got invited to go to the whiteout game at Penn State. So it was Ohio State versus Penn State for me. And we got to the parking lot like around 9 a.m. And I figured everything would be cool. But as it got closer to kickoff for Edinburgh Homecoming, more and more people showed up to Happy Valley. Which kind of made Happy Valley like the third largest city in uh, Pennsylvania, like right behind Philly and Pittsburgh. So there's like more people in almost like more people in happy Valley at the time than live in Erie. Almost. There was 110,889 people at the game. So you add that to the normal population of happy Valley. And yeah, it was kind of packed. So you imagine all those people with all their mobile devices and they're all trying to eat off of the same pie. Needless to say, Tubby and Drew didn't get a very big slice of that pie. So we were unable to stream the game, which saddened the both of us immensely. I think I got enough pictures that I could lay out at least the first half of the game for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it's fine. I can watch a replay. It's fine. Just go over to the football department. Football offices and ask them to be explain like, yo, it coach, to you. Be like, yo, coach, play can, by I get, play. <laughs> can I can I get the uh, the coach's film for a hot <laughs> minute? Can I? But, uh, yeah, so we'll have to work on that. But anyhow, looking at the stats, I can kind of tell you why Edinburgh won. Simply because uh, Gannon has this big running back, Mr. Marcus Jones, who last year was like the the guy. The number one running back. They kept him to a total yardage of 133. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, his longest was a 29-yard run, so he never really got a chance to break anything open. Walter Fletcher uh, had a net gain of 111 yards with one TD. Marcus Jones scored two TDs. Uh, Kyle Gaelic... Uh, had like four carries. Uh, Tomko had nine carries. So, I mean, it. the ground game really didn't get going all that much. Uh, then you look at Jason Dambach, the quarterback for Gannon, uh, had nine, went nine of 28, so only nine completions on 28 attempts for 111 yards. See, I told you, like, you can't come into Sox Harrison and just expect to throw the ball around because it ain't going to happen. Zero Hendrick, the mayor of Pick Sixville, 
and the rest of those DBs are just are not going to allow you to do it. It's a no-fly zone. Like, people ought to learn. Anyway, so Dambach was uh, intercepted twice. Um, he wasn't sacked at all, which I know Coach Neely is probably pretty upset about because he, I know he enjoys his sacks, so we'll have to see how that goes. Tomko didn't really have a stellar day. He had an okay day. Went 15 to 27. That's a pretty good percentage for 244 yards. Had three TDs, but also had three interceptions. <coughs> so I'll have to go back and look at the game field. Um, I don't know if it was just the DBs making a play on the ball or if the ball just kind of got away from them. So I'm not. So I'm. I'm reserving judgment on that. But the standout statistic here that I'm going to get on because I know this is something that Coach Corey prides himself on. Tomko was sacked four times. Four times. That does not happen with our offensive line. Between Molik and Staunch and all the guys on that line, Vitaly Garman, all of them. That doesn't happen. So I. I don't know what, what Gannon defensive front did or if it was just a covered, if it was a couple of covered sacks or, or whatever. But hats off to Gannon. And if, if they got to Tomko four times and sacked him, that's pretty gosh dang good. Because this line, this old line, don't give up sacks. Does not. So we'll have to get into that and see how that all fared out. Um, look at the receiving yards. Uh, Walter Fletcher had seven catches for 109 yards. So he went for 100 and 100. 100 yards receiving, 100 yards rushing. James Clark caught four passes for 60 yards. Andre Dowdle caught one pass for 37 yards. A.J. Turner caught two passes for 35 yards. Two of those for TDs. James Clark also had a TD. A.J. Turner, in fact, caught the touchdown pass that sealed the deal. Late in the fourth quarter. I believe that was his first two touchdowns of the season. If I'm uh, mistaken. Yep. Yes? Well, probably. Yeah, because I don't remember seeing his name come across the board. Uh, Tanaz Gregory had one reception for three yards. So a total of uh, 15 receptions for 244 yards and three TDs. So all in all, a net to shabby especially since Edinburgh now looks to travel up the road to go to Mercyhurst. And, Maddie, this one, this Saturday, this is for the all-important Erie County crown <laughs> that nobody really cares about except apparently me and Tommy. Never before have so many cared about something so little and so insignificant. That's right. It's the battle for the Erie County crown, the Division Two football crown, um, basically, the three teams, Edinburgh, Gannon, and Mercyhurst, compete for this fictional crown every year. Um, it has gone Edinburgh's way the past two years, I believe. Past three. Or did Gannon get it? Maybe Gannon. I think Gannon got it last year because I think we lost to Gannon at Gannon last year. So maybe Gannon got it last year, but the year before, Edinburgh won it. And now it's looking like it could come back to Edinburgh's hands once again, Miss Maddie. Are you excited? I am very excited, Tubby. See, you heard it here, folks. You heard <laughs> it here first. Maddie is super excited. It may not sound that way, but... <laughs> I can tell you why else I'm excited. In fact, I'm trying to pull it. I should have had this pulled up a long time ago. 
but I was kind of, eh, I just didn't get a chance to get to it. Um, do, 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 do. I'm trying to pull it up. What I'm trying to do, folks, is I'm pulling up for um, PSAC football. There we go. Gosh dang it. I don't know why everything's being so difficult with me today. All right, so here we go. So, Shippensburg lost to Westchester. Westchester's at 5-0. and Shippensburg is at 2-3. and Edinburgh four and one now over with the win over over Gannon, who now falls to zero oh and five. Probably the worst start for Gannon in years. We'll have to confirm that with uh, Mr. Risenweber when he calls in. Clarion defeated Seton Hill in a squeaker, nineteen to sixteen. And here's one that really matters to us, Miss Maddie. Cal University thirty six IUP. 24. Cal defeats IUP. IUP now moves to 4 and 1. Cal moves to 3 and 2 with a 2 and 0 record in the PSAC. Uh Mercyhurst got blown out by Slippery Rock. Slippery Rock moves to 4 and 1. Um the score of that game was 41-21. Kutztown over Bloomsburg 44-10. Kutztown at 4-0. They look like they're going to be the beast of the East. Um, and then Lockhaven lost to Texas A&M Commerce, 68-6. Um, so basically, what does this mean? Like, why do I even care, Tubby? Well, I'm going to tell you why you care. Here's the deal. If by some miracle, right... Cal loses to, say, Slippery Rock. Okay? Dropping them down to one loss within the PSAC. And, and Edinburgh can beat IUP at the end of the year. We may have a tie for the PSAC West Championship. Which means, I don't know what the tiebreaker comes down to. I'll have to get, uh, I'll have to ask somebody. Because I don't know. Maybe Tom knows. But we'll have to figure it out what happens. But we could have an all-out race for the PSAC championship. Now, if Cal goes on to win the PSAC championship, that's no big deal. As long as Edinburgh continues to win. Because they may not have a shot at winning the PSAC championship. But if Cal wins the PSAC championship game then they'll get an automatic bid to the Region 2, Division 2 playoffs. I think we're, I think we're Region 2. It's either Region 2 or Region 7. I can't remember. But anyhow, with a record, if we go like 9-1, and one, right, and our only loss is to Cal, and then Cal goes forward and goes in as the PSAC champion, we will follow right behind them as a number two choice coming out of the PSAC, which means playoff football. No. Which means calling games late in November, Miss Maddie. On the road. With the team. Oh my goodness. Luke and Chris on the road with the team. Going to places like West Virginia, New York City, stuff like that. It could be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Indeed. 
Tubby's excited. I'm excited. Don't let my face fool you. I know. It's your lack of caffeine. I get it. I fully understand. It's fine. So, big comp, big implications. I mean, Edinburgh is definitely going to have to focus up and do the work, as their hashtag says this year. But they're going to have to do all the little things to make the big things possible. What I'm telling you, Edinburgh fans, is there's a chance. Not only a slim chance, but a good chance that Edinburgh can get this done. Because anything can happen late in the season. We got a whole month of football left to go. A whole month. I say that like my son says it because I think it's funny. But anyway, we have a full month left to go of football. Here's Edinburgh schedule for the rest of the year. Mercyhurst, right? You can watch this game, the Mercyhurst game, on ESPN3 or listen here at 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio because Luke and Chris will be on that call. Then October 13th, that's right, it's hate week as Burrow travels down to that school down south to take on Slippery Rock. That'll be a 2 o'clock kickoff. I assume that means that it's probably Slippery Rock's homecoming again. Because it was the last time we went down there. Hmm. And then October 20th, Seton Hill. Then October 27th, Clarion University. Then November 3rd, mark this on your calendar, November 3rd, Military Appreciation Day. IUP comes to Sox Harrison. That's the showdown. And then immediately following that, we have a cross rival as Kutztown comes to Borough on Senior Day, November 10th, for the final regular season game. So, Maddie, we could almost know what's going to happen November 3rd. Now, November 10th might get flexed depending on PSAC championship play um, whether or not Kutztown is in the running for it I think it could get flipped I'll have to verify with Bob you know what's wild though Tubby November 3rd is like a month away yeah a month and a day away a month and a day this semester's going by too quickly it's because we've been busy little rabbits I know hopping here hopping there doing this doing that that's like four or five more football games uh huh that's sad I don't want it to end yeah well, that's why we take a lot of pictures and we record our broadcast, so that way we'll have something to look back on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, next well. year, too. I mean, we still have five. Well, we're, we're going to enjoy it while we can <laughs> until yeah. that four-letter S word turns up and it'll be a little cold out there, but we'll still be enjoying it. That's fine. I got heavy coats and big woolly hats. I'm good. I'm solid. All right, so 9.48 here on 88.9 WFSE. We're going to go ahead and take an extended break, probably about 10 minutes, play a couple of songs or so for your enjoyment right here. And then uh, coming back in the 10 o'clock hour, we'll have Tom Reisenweber of the Erie Times News. And uh, we'll get into some Friday night football action. We'll recap what happened last Friday and look forward to What's happening this Friday and how the regions that don't really matter shape up to see who's in playoff contention, which is pretty much everybody at this point. It's almost like a participation award. Here, you can go to the playoffs. 
Do I sound cynical? I feel like I sound cynical. Maybe a little bitter. All right. But anyway, we'll get into all that talk with Tom here in 10 minutes at the 10 o'clock hour. You're listening to 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. This is The Morning After. WFSE is sponsored in part by John's Wildwood Pizzeria, featuring a selection of pizza, hoagies, wings, salads, and more. John's is open daily at 105 Erie Street in Edinburgh. Information is at 814-734-7355 or on the web at johnswildwoodpizza.com. And we're back right here on The Morning After. I am your host, Tubby. And alongside me, as always, is Miss Maddie G. Maddie, how are you? Hi, I'm, I'm okay, Tubby. How are you? Good. And you know what? October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So, a little personal note, a little personal story here. Story time with Tubby, if you don't mind. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as a matter of fact, it's, I know it's rare, 1%, it can affect guys as well. But ladies, uh, make sure that you do the self-checks. And I know we're on a college campus and you're thinking, ah, I'm too young for that. Well, let me tell you a little story about my friend. My friend Lisa. Uh, Lisa was a girl that I went to high school with. Um, she transferred out um, in our, I want to say, my sophomore year. I uh, still remained good friends with her and her family. Um, she went to a private school, had everything going for her, went to college, got married, had a couple of kids. And at the ripe old age of 26, developed breast cancer. And it was a kind of breast cancer that was... Um, it necessitized quickly and spread even quicker. It spread like wildfire through her and just attacked her entire body. Um, so basically by the time they detected it, it was too late. And six months later, she passed away, leaving behind a husband and two small boys. So when I say it can hit anyone, it can hit anyone. I, and... Uh, the ripple effect, the lives that it affects, is uh, astronomical. So, please do yourself a favor. Do the self-checks. Get yourselves checked out um, as often as humanly possible. And, you know, if you feel some type of abnormality, something that just shouldn't be there, um, make an appointment right away. Do not delay. And that's my little PSA announcement, I guess. For Breast Cancer Awareness Month, because it's it hit close to home to me, um, you know, and I don't want to see anybody else affected in the way that her and her family were affected. So, while we were on break, we got text. I got a text message from our very own Chris Rosado, the sports editor, who was also on the call for Homecoming on WFSC, and he says, and I quote. I'll tell you why Edinburgh won. A.J. Turner with two TD catches. Edinburgh finding ways to score when teams are heavily defending James Clark. End quote. See, that's the thing about this Edinburgh offense on football, Miss Maddie, is that it's completely dangerous from anywhere you go. Like, you think you got Walter Fletcher shut down, right? You think you got James Clark shut down. You think you might have Tanaz Gregory handled, if you will. Then all of a sudden, 
AJ Turner shows up and just ruins your day. Or Kyle Gaelic breaks one open for like 40, 50 yards. Or Andre Dowdell. Or Andre Dowdell. It's it's kind of just there's a lot of there's a lot of guys on that team that you can think you have everything quote unquote handled, but Yeah, I mean they can like Edinburgh can literally hurt you from anywhere. Anywhere. And you know, they're they're a very dangerous team. They're a very hard team to try to defend, if you will. I mean, they're just just that dangerous. So Mercyhurst will have their their hands full when Edinburgh makes the trip up to Erie next weekend. Mercyhurst likes to run that pro-style offense with the uh, quarterback under center. Um, Mercyhurst has struggled as of late. So it, I mean, I'm not I'm not counting it out because you got to take every team seriously. But I look for Edinburgh to like step on the gas and not look back in this game. I really don't think that Mercyhurst has anything for Edinburgh. Maybe I ought to shut up a little bit and just not and stop giving Mercyhurst like bulletin board material. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe I oughta. Maybe I don't care. Because I know I I just I just I'm just really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a good game. I'll be in here running the board. Chris and Luke will be on the call in Mercyhurst. Maddie, are you going up to take some pictures? Or no? I will be here for volleyball. That's right. You'll be on the call for volleyball. So you can check Miss Maddie G out. She'll be on the ETV stream of that game. Maybe. 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 I'll I'll be here for volleyball. Not necessarily absolutely 100% on the call yet. Okay. Figuring out all the uh, aspects of all it. All the logistical logistics of it all. All right. Well, let's get into, we do have our pickums to go over. Did uh, I win? Did I win? No. All right, good. <laughs> I was me. tired of it. Well, <laughs> in, mm, mm. well, let's just see. Let me open up the... Uh, the leaderboard, if you will, because I had it opened up to my own picks, so that's not going to do us any good. But currently, right now, right, right, meow, you are tied for the lead with 35 total points with my wife. Yes. Who also has 35 points. So the two best pickers so far in our Pick'em League, in our NFL Pick'em is Miss Maddie G and my wife, tied for first place. Then in third place, all by a widow lonesome, the one, the only, formerly known as Just the Sports Guy, Drew Patrick. Then in a three-way tie for fourth, it's our listener, N.D. Irish, and me, and also Mr. Athletics, Trey Staunch, with 32 points. And then bringing up the rear... As expected, our very own Chris Rosado, just happy to be invited with 24 points. That first week is what's really killing him. Had he been able to get his picks in in time, I'm sure he'd be right there with us. But the good news is the spread between 35 and 32 ain't that far. You could almost cover us all up with a quarter if we were on the shooting range. That's pretty darn good. Like when you get a tight shot group like that together. I'm just saying. 
All right, Miss Maddie did not get the reference. Okay. So, um, basically, everything's within scoring distance. All it takes is for somebody to have a really good week and somebody to have a really bad week. And we could have a flip-flop of the lineup. Okay, let's get into the games as they were. Thursday night matchup, Minnesota Vikings versus the L.A. Rams. Uh, majority of us went with the Rams. Some of us did not. Uh, and the Rams pulled that one out by a score of 38-31. to 31. It was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought the Rams were going to just simply blow them out at home, but that did not happen. Uh, 37-36, the Cincinnati Bengals over the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay Packers, this was seen locally here on WSEE Channel 8. Our, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's Channel 8 for me. I don't know what it is up here in Burrow. Um, but it's our local Erie station as the Buffalo Bills tried to go into Green Bay and improve, and that just didn't happen. Green Bay gets the win here. 22 to nothing, pitching a shutout. Uh, Chicago Bears over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fitzpatrick went ahead and Fitzpatrick all over the place and just did not fare well in this one. Chicago Bears roll 48 to 10 in this one. Then it was the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. A game that probably pretty much nobody wanted to watch unless you're a Cowboys fan. Like our very own Dr. Raymond. Sorry to call him out. but This one actually turned into a pretty good game. 26-24. Dallas coming out on top in this one. Then it was the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tennessee Titans. And everybody and their cousin had the returning champion uh, Philadelphia Eagles in this one. However, it was the Tennessee Titans coming out on top, 26-23. Then we move on to the Indianapolis. As Indianapolis played host to the uh, Texans, the Houston Texans. Houston winning that one, 37-34. Then uh, the New England Patriots hosted the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins coming into this one, 3-0. No longer would they be undefeated as New England went ahead and does what New England does and makes teams look foolish. They pulled out the win on this one, 38-7 against Miami. The New York Jets uh, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville finally getting some get right and looking back true to form. Jacksonville pulling out this one, 31-12. Ugh. I'm skipping it. I'm going to come back to this game. Uh, and then it was the Seattle Seahawks, 20-17 to over the Arizona Cardinals. I thought the Cardinals were going to be able to squeak out their first win with their rookie quarterback. However, that just was not so. And uh, Seahawks managed to win in this one, 20-17. to Although Earl Thomas, their running back, does go out. Now, he had originally wanted to hold out and get a better contract. But he broke his ankle and now looks like he'll be released as a free agent. Yikes. And he's, he's the one that had a... Uh, <coughs> maybe we'll get into a little bit of that on Friday for story, not a story. Because we'll play that game with Drew. Uh, then it was the New Orleans Saints. Headed up to the New York football Giants. Saints coming away this one convincingly in a 33-18 route. 
Then it was the 49ers versus the Chargers. The Chargers squeaking out a two-point win on this one. Even though they were favored by 93%, the Chargers with the win 29-27. to Then in a game Sunday night that just looked, I, it was just horrible. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens 26-14 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is trouble in Yenzerville. A lot of trouble. Um, their offense looked disjointed, couldn't get anything done. Their defense looked slow and effective. We're unable to get any pressure whatsoever on Flacco, who I believe to be the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. I'm just saying. They looked bad, Miss Maddie. They looked bad. Um, and then last night, uh, in a squeaker, the Kansas City Chiefs pull out the win over the Denver Broncos in Denver, 27-23. Pat Mahomes continues to amaze as he completed a pass with his left hand. Threw with his opposite hand. Completed the pass. I saw a replay of it on. If you ask me to high five with my left hand. I'll like, probably miss. I'd miss. Yeah. <laughs> like to catch. I couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Not me, said the flea. Now, like I said, we won't be here Thursday. Miss Maddie. So we'll go ahead and for week five, we will go ahead and as soon as my computer decides to agree with me here, it's being a piece of dookie, we'll go ahead and pick the Thursday night game. Oh, goodness. Oh, dear goodness. It's the New England Patriots versus the Indianapolis Colts at home in Gillette Stadium. I, mm. All right, so it's kind of like 98 to 2% here, New England over the Indianapolis Colts, and I can't see any reason to doubt them whatsoever. I'm going to have to go along with them, Miss I picked Maddie. the Patriots. Also, Gillette Stadium is one of the only like NFL stadiums I've ever been to. Oh. Although, you know, around here we have Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Cleveland, mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I mean, I've been to New Era, so that one counts too. But we made the drive up to Gillette Stadium one time for a concert, not for a football game. Oh. Well, then, I mean, if you went up for a concert, did you really go to Gillette Stadium then? Yes. I'm still in the vicinity. But you got to go for a game. I mean, going for a concert doesn't really count. I mean, then I've never been to an NFL stadium. Well, then there you go. You've <laughs> never been to an NFL stadium. There's a, there's like some games here that are like really hard to pick. They are. I just ran down and picked a bunch. You know, I was last in the picks this week, and now I'm tied for first. I wouldn't mind if Chris Rosado moved his way up. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. But like I, this is this is friendly bragging rights competition only like. Yeah, I'd like to see him pull his way back in and, you know, it, it's possible he's down by like. What, like, 12, like everybody would have to miss and he'd have to get almost them all right. All right. So this week, nobody's submitting picks and Chris is the only one submitting picks. <laughs> Actually, I already submitted my picks, so. Yeah, that's not happening. I ran right down the line and hit the submit. 
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm going through the reason. See, what we did was we went ahead and picked the Thursday night game. A, not only just because it's easy, but B, we won't be here Thursday to go over all of our picks, but we will be here Friday. 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 For College Radio Day. For College Radio Day, we'll be starting at eleven o'clock. Eleven. That's a different time. So make sure it's a different time. It's a little bit later. You'll have Let's Talk Sports with Luke. He'll be on ten to eleven, and then following him. We will come in at 11 o'clock and go 11 to noon for that first half hour, um, 11 to 11.30. We'll have Drew Patrick. And then at 11.30, we'll have the one, the only, Mr. Gabe G-Money Hypes. And then next Tuesday. And then next Tuesday, which is reading day. Reading day. We'll still have a show. I will not be here. You but we'll be. still have a show. But we'll still have a show. <laughs> Maybe I'll call in. Maybe. 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 We'll see. If Miss Maddie can fit us into her <laughs> illustrious schedule. I'll be in the state of New York. Doing New York-like things? Yeah. I'm going to go get some barbecues, what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's a, that's a healthy activity. I would, <laughs> I would support that. That seems like something that needs to be done. Maybe that not, not that early. I don't even think they're open that early. Yeah, well, it might All be. right, Tubby, um, we're running down this line. We Thursday night, we both went with Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. All right, Sunday at 1 o'clock, Falcons and Steelers. Who'd you go with? Somebody. Somebody? Somebody. And uh, you don't want to admit who you went with? Well, hold on. Give me, just let me. Okay. Let me get, let me work through this. Okay. Let me work through this now. I'm trying to get all of my stuff in here. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I went with the Steelers. My reasoning, I guess I don't really have one. But I went with the Steelers. I mean, that's that's a safe, that's that's an okay pick. That's not. They're in favor. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's not a bad pick. They're, they're almost the same record, though, because the Falcons are one and three, and the Steelers are one, two, and one. Right. So. Well, it's Pittsburgh at home again, and, you know, I, I got to believe at some point the Steelers are going to wake up and be the Steelers again. I mean, unless this is just a horrible, horrible year for them and they're not going to get ever get any get right. The Falcons are still a dangerous team. But you know what? I don't, I don't believe in the Steelers. And it's not because I'm, you know, Mr. Brown. You know what we didn't do? We didn't go over the Browns game. From last week. We can do that after our picks. We'll have time. Okay. Alright, so... Yeah, I went with Atlanta because I think there's too much wrong in Yenzerville. They're just, they're just not going to be able to pull it out. That's all there is to it. Uh, then next up is the Tennessee Titans-Buffalo Bills. This is in Buffalo. Titans are at 3-1, and one, but I think they're paper champs. I think Buffalo... Rookies technically play better at home all the time. Bills Mafia, this is for you. I'm rolling with you on this one. Miss Maddie. Um, see, I went with the Titans. Okay. But I've already submitted my picks, but thinking about it, I want to go with the Bills. It would be an upset. Does it let you change it? Yeah. Oh, it lets you change it. Okay. Yeah, you could change it right up until the game starts. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm going with the Bills. Okay. (laughs) 
then it's the Miami Dolphins, 3-1 and one against the Cincinnati Bengals in the jungle in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is heavily favored in this one, but you know what? I'm holding out hope for the Miami Dolphins. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they're kind of legit just for the sake of Drew Patrick and Kimberly Firestein so that that way they have some hope. I pick the Dolphins. Aww. Yay! Yeah. Then it's my beloved Cleveland Browns at home playing host to those traitorous blankety-blanks the Baltimore Ratbirds. The Ratbirds are favored in this one, three to one. But you know what? Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker. Come to save the land now that Bron's a Laker. I'm going with my brownies. All right. I think there's still some magic there at First Energy Stadium. I think Flacco's overrated. I don't think that. The Baltimore offense is ready for anything that Greg Williams and this defense is going to throw at them. I really don't. Especially since Denzel Ward had a, uh, a real quiet game, the rookie cornerback out of uh, Ohio State and local boy Nordonia product. I really think that uh, this defense is really going to be able to shut Flacco down. And even though there's two weeks now of film on Baker Mayfield, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to really do much against Baker. I think there's too many weapons. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. I didn't mean to do that. Now Maddie's breaking stuff in studio. She's so excited. <laughs> no, I went with the Cleveland, too. So. Yeah, it would be an upset, but I think it's an upset that can be achieved. Again, rookies play better at home. Just saying. Speaking of rookies playing better at home, the Denver Broncos traveled to New York to take on the Jets. But I went with the Broncos. I don't. I think Vaughn Miller is going to really rattle the Jets, and I don't. I don't think that. I think the the Jets are still just jointed. I think they found their quarterback finally, but I don't think he's there yet. So I went with the Broncos. I went with the Jets. I don't know why, but yeah, makes sense. Then it's the Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions. Packers heavily favored in this one. Uh, going to Detroit, I got to go with the Packers. There's just, they got Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers just pulls miracles out of his hat like like I change shorts. I'm telling you, it's that easy for that guy. So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I'm doing it. You're doing it? You're picking the upset? Picking the upset. Alrighty, well, there's there's a point missed for Miss Maddie. <laughs> All right, then it's the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have been running hot on the arm of Mr. Magic. Pat Mahomes are now at four and zero. Jacksonville Jaguars, your Jags, very dangerous team at three and one. This folks is going to be the game to turn into two and into. It's at one o'clock on CBS. But, geez, Louise. I'm going with my Jags. Mm-hmm. A, because. Jags. Jags. Um, B, because remember last week when I said, wow, Tubby, there are three teams that are 3-0 and right now. Mm-hmm. And I said at least one of them's not going to make it through to 4-0. Right. So this week, both teams that are 4-0, I picked against them. 
because, like you said, once you get to a certain point where you're so many and oh, you're going to run into talented teams. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a really good game. I did go with Jacksonville. Okay, I went with Kansas City because I believe in the magic man, Mahomes. Fair I, enough. I, I just, I, the, uh, Jacksonville is good. I don't think they're that good. Let's put it that way. Then it's the Giants going down to visit Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers heavily favored in this one, and I can't disagree. I'm going with the Panthers over the Giants. Pat Shermer has his work cut out for him in New York. I don't think that Giants team is ready for anything Carolina is going to throw at them. Maddie nods in agreement. Then it's the Oakland Raiders traveling all the way down to the to L.A. to take on the Chargers. The Chargers are favored. Oakland coming off their first win as they defeated Cleveland in overtime, which was just a crud game. Let's talk about it right now because I'm getting fired up. Gosh dang it. That game sat there, watched the entire thing. Okay. Tubby is not happy, right? Point one, you play the game in such a way that you take the refs out of it. You step on the gas, you put up the points, and then voila, win the game. Baker Mayfield, in his official rookie start, put up 42 points. 42! Against this Chuck Gruden-led Oakland Raiders in the black hole in Oakland. One of the toughest places to play. Still couldn't come out the win as Oakland wins it in an overtime field goal, three to nothing. See, what had happened was our defense just allowed Derek Carr and that offense of Oakland just to walk down the field in the second half. But that's because they were tired out because Baker and the offense kept getting three and outs. Three and outs. Couldn't buy a first down. Heck, the refs even stole one from us because they originally ruled on the field that it was a first down, looked at the review on the tape. Even the guy in New York said that it looked like a first down, that there's nothing to overturn, but yet they overturned it. Unreal. This is the worst officiated game ever, but I really can't blame it on the refs simply because if you do your stinking job, if you do the work, you shut them down, and then you run up the score. That's how the game's played. Cleveland unable to do so and kept letting Oakland hang around and hang around. And then next thing you know, poof. They're winning the game on you in overtime. So stupid. I'm sorry, Tuppy. <laughs> okay. I actually didn't see that game, so. That's okay. Your I watched... description of the game is all I've gotten so far. That's okay. That's all you need to know right there. Okay. That's all you need Where to know. Where are we at? <sighs> um, Oakland and the Chargers. I went with the Chargers. Me too. Okay. Next up, the LA Rams at 4-0 taking on Seattle in Seattle. Again, Seattle has a little bit of trouble, and now they don't, they're out of a running back that they really didn't want anyway. But Rams are ready to roll. Still 4-0. I think the Rams advanced to 5-0. I already know where you're going because you picked against them. You went with Seattle. Right? I went with Seattle, yes. Yep. Then in a toy, uh, yeah, in a toy, in a coin toss game, it's the Minnesota Vikings versus the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Uh, Eagles are slightly favored in this one. Eagles at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Me too. Um, Cardinals, 49ers. Cardinals are 0-4. 49ers are 1-3. I went with the Cardinals for the upset. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I also went with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals finally get their first win. San Francisco is struggling at 1-3, and three, also without their quarterback now for the season. Uh, Arizona is a solid choice. Then it's the Dallas Cowboys versus the Houston Texans for the Battle of Texas. This one is in Houston, but I went with the away team. I went with the Cowboys. And there's Mr. Tom Wiseman ever calling in. So we'll run this out real quick. So who'd you go with, Dallas or Houston? I went with the Cowboys. Ron, if you're listening, I went with the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, it kind of <laughs> helps to keep the boss happy. Then in the Monday night game, I don't know, this one might be kind of a stinker. It's the heavily favored New Orleans Saints going to Washington, D.C., uh, I I went with the Saints. I don't see any reason why. I went with the Saints. I mean, this is in the dome. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be the Saints. All right. So now joining us live via phone, Tom Reisenweber of the Erie Times News. Tom, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I know we had a little bit of a, a scheduling conflict. I know last week I bumped you up to ten thirty because I had special guests in, in studio. I guess it probably would help if I coordinated with you before the day of the broadcast. Well, that's all right. Anytime you need me, I'm, I'm always good. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for calling in. Tom Risenweber of the Erie Times News joining us now. Um, you can check out his stuff on highschoolsports.goerie.com. Uh, so last Friday, I'm looking over the scores here from last Friday. And uh, this General McLean Fort LaBeouf game, 35 7. Huge. Yeah, I couldn't believe that one. Um, General McLean, just, uh, you know, too much talent there for Fort LaBeouf. They couldn't handle it. Um, you know, they, you know, it's funny watching McLean's rushing attack, just uh, different guys uh, every time. I think only out of five touchdowns, uh, Brett Horn was the one that scored more than once. So it's, uh, you know, Jim Wells likes to really spread it out. Um, you don't really rely on one guy. Last year they had Nasir Singleton, but this year they have a lot of different guys running the ball. So they're doing a, a great job getting more guys involved, and uh, they're a really tough team to stop now. So also looking over uh, from action down south, you got Farrell over Mercer, 47 nothing, and West Middlesex over Reynolds, 42-6. to Yeah, you know, there's a uh, – I think there's some divide – in uh, Region One, um, you know, Farrell is just a really good team. They're going to run away with the District Ten, the, the D Ten Championship in One A, and uh, West Middlesex is dominated. Reynolds was really—they were solid the first half of the year. They've had—they already had some injuries in camp. They lost their quarterback. Um, they also have some more injuries over the past few weeks here. And I think the coach uh, Josh Mall, who does a really good job, or uh, Reynolds, the coach who does a really good job, Josh Mall, uh, was kind of—I don't know. Uh, pensive after that game when he was talking to uh, the Sharon Herald and uh, he's not sure what direction they need to go in now uh, the rest of the year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, right now they have three spots in that region for playoffs. 
But if Reynolds keeps struggling, I don't know if they're going to go. They're going to maybe opt out. Um, so maybe we'll see just two teams go and uh, maybe, maybe just two teams from Region 2. So uh, I think the opt-out date in two weeks, so we'll see what happens for the playoffs. Yeah, continuing our theme here of blowout, you got Conneaut, Ohio, 62 to nothing over Seneca, and Sharpsville, 73 to nothing over Lakeview. Um, yeah, there's a, some, some really uh, ugly games going on in District 10. You know, it's funny, uh, I read the one, uh, the one guy said last week that the, the gap was, was close because last week was closer than usual. I think, but, you know, it's funny, last week is still 21 points. Uh, per game for average margin of victory, and uh, 11 of the 21 games were by uh, decided by 17 points or more. Uh, this week, 15 of 21 games decided by 17 points or more, and the average margin of victory is over 29. So the uh, I think it's just it's blowout city this year. 64 percent of games in District 10 have been decided by 17 points or more, and it's just getting ugly. That's- it's unreal. Well, speaking of, of blowouts, I want to uh, bring attention to my little corner of Crawford County, Union City over Maplewood, fifty-nine to twenty-nine. That one kind of surprises me. Uh, yeah, Union especially C- uh, Maplewood. I think was up two touchdowns early in that game, and all of a sudden, <laughs> well, like forty-one hundred points, I think, for Union City. Yeah, just uh, unbelievable. Good job for for Union City. I. I, I to be honest with you, I didn't think Union City had it in them. I know they had been struggling for a couple of years, here, but um, to be able to bring it back like that and just trample a, a Maplewood team that I thought was was fairly solid um, going into the season, and then Titusville versus Slippery Rock. This was homecoming for Titusville. Titusville gets blown out, fifty-five to thirty-one, as Garrett Knapp, the the freshman there in Titusville, makes his first official start. Yeah, it wasn't uh, the best uh, homecoming opponent, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, Super Rock is really good this year. Um, they, I think they're going to be in the Final Four in the 3A playoffs with uh, Grove City, Sharon, and Bruce Year's Prep. Um, but, yeah, I, I watched the uh, game film the other day on that game, and uh, Super Rock is just so explosive that if you make a mistake on defense, it's a touchdown. I think the first – Three or three, yeah, first three offensive plays of the game for Super Rock. Two that went for long touchdowns. Uh, so it's just it's, it's, it was a tough one for Titusville, but you know it was good for them to score a couple touchdowns late. Confidence going into this week. Yeah, I you know I honestly believe that Titusville probably needs to drop down the two A for football instead of sticking around in three A. Got to kick some of those kids out of school. Get that enrollment down. <laughs> Something I don't. Well, I mean the class sizes are, are fairly. I guess they're fairly decent. So. We might be hanging around for football, anyways. Three um, A wise, I mean, because we got we have a fully a, a pretty full squad for uh, JV and varsity, and then coming up this year we had, I want to say there's like thirty, almost forty kids on the junior high squad. So, I mean, given that attrition rate, what it is, you know, if they continue with it, um, Tyson should have the number of players. You know, going forward, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, just trying to, to glance here over some other action. Um, uh, Oil City blows out Warren. That's a former TCAC matchup. Uh, Oil City thirty-eight to nothing over the Warren Dragons in that one. Um, 
I, I, yeah, I, you know, uh, Christian Cole just dominating this year for Oil City. Uh, I think he's almost over 700 yards uh, ahead of the rest of the Ten as far as rushing. He's over 1,700 yards, and no one else is over 1,000. And he had five more touchdowns, and he's just dominating everybody right now. Yikes. I mm, Tell you what, things I don't want to face. You know what I mean? I just... <laughs> I don't. I mean, I kind of like. We talked about it before on the show about you know just making the uh, the regions not really matter, and then just kind of you know playing the old conferences and get some rivalries back. Because I, I noticed like this week, you know, there there for for my college sports and um, for my professional sports, it was getting into like rivalry week. You know, we had uh, the Ohio State Penn State game. Um, we had Gannon versus Edinburgh. Uh, next week we got Gannon or uh, Edinburgh versus Mercyhurst, and then the week following is Edinburgh v. Slippery Rock. So there's a lot of rivalries. What I'm missing is my high school rivalries, and I think with this region set up the way they got it going, there's no, you know, th- there's none of the natural rivalries anymore. Exactly, and uh, I think the um, the way the regions are set up now, maybe. I don't know, I don't want to say destroying programs, but they're really not helping some of these programs. And uh, getting blown out every week is just not going to, you know, have kids come out and uh, want to play for the team. So, I don't know, I, I think the solution is to go back to the old leagues. Uh, you almost have to at this point. I mean, the, the, the point of the regions back in 2004 was to have teams play other teams of the same size and to make it easier to pick playoff teams. And, you know, oh, well, they, they did this against the same class, so this is how we're going to determine it. And it served its purpose for a while, and uh, there weren't too many controversies, and it was doing a good job. But then you, when you go to this open tournament where everyone gets in, then it means nothing at this point. You know, if you're going to uh, get in no matter what happens, you might as well go play teams that are nearby, get those rivalries going again, and uh, not worry about it. So uh, it's good. I hope District 10 considers this. You know, obviously nothing can change this school year or next school year, but the conversation needs to start now to possibly go back to the old leagues. Um, I may do a column on it just to put a little pressure on them, but we'll see what happens in the end. Uh, hopefully they consider it and uh, these old leagues need to come back because travel's better, rivalries are better, crowds will be better. And uh, right now it's, it's kind of like there's no pride. I mean, you, oh, we won the Region 4 title. Okay, <coughs> what does that mean? Instead yeah. of saying we won the Erie County League title or we won the Metro League title, I think the, the pride of those old leagues needs to come back. Right, because I can remember uh, when I was in high school and we had rivals like, you know, it was us in Oil City or um, us versus Meadville. I know we always got up for that Meadville game because we just absolutely hated Meadville. Um, Franklin was another big game when they came through. Uh, I think Rocky Grove even had a team at that point, too. Uh, but yeah, that would be huge. I would love to see, um, in my own neck of the woods, I would love to see Titusville play Maplewood simply because that's like a backyard brawl and that turns into like a cousin versus cousin affair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, uh, if you look at the two teams that, you know, don't really have a county there, I mean, they're, they're technically Crawford County, but they're, they're also close to Benango kind of away from the other schools there are those two so yeah i think that'd be a pretty interesting uh just keep that rivalry going yeah if we could get it if we could get a district again like where it's um venango crawford uh 
maybe a little bit of Warren or something. But, you know, it's somewhere right around there, like a tri, again, like the Tri-County Athletic Conference or something, where they're all relatively close right there and just, you know, throw out the double-A, triple-A junk, throw out the regions and just just play local, stay local, save the gas, save the environment, up your, your retail sales at concession stands, you know, and, and get some school pride back for your local area. Because, I mean, they these kids are going to see each other a lot, you know, through other sports, because when we go to, when we, you look at the wrestling season, and wrestling titles uh, 2A this year. So, you know, we have a new conference there, and we end up wrestling, like, the Fort LaBeoufs, and I, I think Maplewood's in our region for that one. I'm not sure, but, uh, but yeah, a whole bunch of different, uh, anyway, it, it's a lot closer, and, and they end up seeing each other again, because a lot of the, a lot of the wrestlers are on the football team, too, I know that much. Well, you look at, like, just one perfect example of uh, volleyball. Corey's in Region 2 this year with Wilmington. So on a school night, they're going two hours to go play a volleyball match. That's just one way. And then back two hours on a bus the other way just to play a region match in the middle of the week. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Yeah, doesn't make any sense, especially if especially if the playoff participation is like a participation ribbon. You might as well just, you know, shorten the drive. Makes exactly. sense. I'm with you on that one, Tom. So, Tom, you got a chance to come down. Um, or wait, let's let's do this first before we talk about homecoming. Looking ahead to this Friday night, Tom, is there is there any game that you're particularly interested in that you got your eye on? Yeah, I think there's two that really stick out to me. One is obviously Cathedral Prep and McDowell, uh, which is the, usually the biggest game in District 10 every year. Um, that draws you know between six to eight thousand people uh, to that Veterans Stadium on Friday. Should be a lot of fun. Um, these two team, these two schools, just hate each other. Uh, I think it kind of gets amplified with uh, Bill Hall um, from McDowell being kind of the, the most vocal person about public versus private. And I think the whole reason why he is is because of prep. And uh, you know, those two, if they could, if they played chess somewhere in a field, there'd be a uh, hundred people there watching. And it's just a, a crazy rivalry. And uh, the great thing about it is this is the 11th year that they're doing a charity uh, called the Curage Cup where they're going to raise money for the six-year-old I, I met yesterday who's got a brain tumor. Um, they also have um, Preps uh, left tackle, uh, Jordan Cavato. His mom is battling stage four cancer. So they're raising money for some really good causes, but uh, get on the field, it's going to be awesome. Uh, they're not. Both teams are not the teams they were last year. Uh, I think prep is a different kind of team as far as they're running a lot more and they're more reliant on their speed as opposed to a strong passing game last year. And uh, McDowell has been improving. They played a lot of close games this year. They just beat Hollysburg uh, late with a pick six last week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think the big game down south is going to be Grove City and Sharon. Um, they might be the uh, two best teams in 3A. Uh, Mercer's prep obviously is in the conversation. But uh, these two are going to go at it. They've been—it's kind of been like a collision course with these two all year, waiting for them to uh, battle out for that Region Five title. So those two games should be a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah, I'm just trying to look over here of, of anything that I can see that might remotely not be a blowout after <laughs> those, and I'm really not seeing anything worth mentioning at this point. So no, it's just—it's going to be another ugly week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when the playoffs get around here because a lot of the uh, playoff brackets are supposed to start week 10, which is ridiculous in the first place. You know, teams should be playing 10 games, then going to the playoffs. But uh, the opt-out date is in two weeks. And 
if teams opt out that should opt out, there may be only one playoff game that first weekend, which is the 6A championship, and the rest will be semifinals and championships the following week. So we'll have to see what happens coming up here in the next few weeks. All righty. Well, that's, that's why we got you on the show, Tom, to keep us all apprised <laughs> of that and what's going on and how it all shakes out because I – I can't do it. it. It's it's like that new age math or whatever that they're teaching in, oh. in elementary now that I can't do. So I can barely do the old school math. What am I talking <laughs> about? So Tom, you got a chance to come down here for homecoming last Saturday. Um, really close game, back and forth between Gannon and, and Edinburgh. Edinburgh able to come out on top, uh, scoring that final touchdown to put it out of reach. Um, what did you think of the game overall? Yeah, you know, it was almost like uh, just a street brawl as far as uh, both teams were making mistakes. They were turning the ball over. Both teams had penalties, a lot of penalties early on before they kind of let the emotions settle down a little bit. And uh, it was kind of like, who's going to last longer? Who's going to deliver that last punch? And uh, A.J. Turner with a big-time catch uh, in the fourth quarter to win the game. Um, you know, it's funny talking to him after the game. He, uh, he saw... What he thought was some kind of weird zone when he lined up in that play, and once the safety came up to press, he said, "Oh, I, I'm, I, it's man coverage. I'm going to be open." So he knew right away as soon as the ball was snapped that he, he was going to be wide open for a touchdown. Was just give the ball to him, and uh, it, you know, good for him. He's a Grove City kid. His first two uh, collegiate touchdowns. The second one, obviously, is huge. He's going to go down as uh, one of the bigger plays in that rivalry. And uh, it was—I it, mean—it was a lot of fun. It, you know, both teams were really emotionally charged. There was a lot of smack talk in that first quarter, first half, before uh, teams settled down a little bit. And uh, you know, the Edinburgh defense really stepped up. They got down fourteen nothing right away, and uh, kind of settled down and gave up just uh, you know one touchdown and a field goal the rest of the way. So they—they uh, they did a great job adjusting to what Gannon was doing. Um, obviously, Gannon has. Marcus Jones had fed him a lot. I think he had 31 carries and uh, over 133 yards of uh, rushing. And uh, yeah, the one thing Gannon did really well, I thought, was take away Tanaj Gregory. And uh, you know, he really wasn't uh, that effective in the game. He had, I think he had one catch for three yards, but that really opened things up for Walter Fletcher, um, who had 100 yard, over 100 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving. So he did a great job stepping up and filling in that void and had a big game for Edinburgh. So. That was a, a nice win. That it's just a, it's a tough one because no matter what the records are, Gannon is a pretty good team, and they're going to come in and give you their best. So uh, it's a it's one of the uh, a stretch here where Edinburgh every week is playing a big game. Obviously, going to Cal last week, playing Mercer's this week, and then the Rock after that. So it's uh, it's an interesting stretch right now uh, for Edinburgh. Right, and it's uh, you know it's kind of like. Uh... What Coach Neely says when they get down into the red zone and they're trying to defend it, it it's man up time. You know they go, they go this week uh, to face Mercyhurst. Mercyhurst still running that pro style offense. Uh, if Edinburgh's able to win this one, then they'll be able to claim the rights to the Erie County Collegiate Crown, which you know apparently only you and I care about, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. I. I know Mercyhurst has had some issues and has struggled, but I think the biggest news to come out this weekend, other than uh, Edinburgh winning homecoming against Gannon, is that Cal was able to defeat IUP mm-hmm. and sending them yeah. down with one loss. So now Cal, even though their record is 3-2, and two, they're now 2-0 and oh in the conference 
IUP is one and one. Edinburgh doesn't face IUP till November 3rd. And if we're able to beat IUP as well, could set Edinburgh up for uh, the regional playoffs. Yeah, it was interesting um, looking at the uh, box score from that game. And it looked like uh, IUP was down uh, five or six. But they're driving to go ahead by a point with five minutes to go, five or six minutes to go, and gave up a 100-yard interception return for a touchdown that sealed the game for Cal. So that's a nice that's a nice win for Cal. Yeah, I think it's you know looking at that score. I know it's you don't want to really compare and say this because of this, but that's a nice confidence boost for Edinburgh. I think the fact that Edinburgh should have beat Cal basically had him in their grasp, and Cal beat IUP. I think that's a nice confidence boost going into the IUP game in a few weeks or a month from now. So um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see you know what happens. If those three all split and Edinburgh's only loss is Cal, I mean, that could put Edinburgh into the NCAA tournament. So, um, obviously, you don't want to get ahead of yourself with some uh, big games coming up. But if, if Edinburgh can beat Mercier and Slippery Rock and get some momentum going to the IEP game, it, it's going to be a lot on the line when they play each other. Yeah, it's going to be huge. That's November 3rd right here at Sox Harrison Stadium. And, again, Cal still has yet to face – they still have to face Slippery Rock which I think could be the only speed bump in their road to the PSAC West title um, this year because if they've already sat down IUP and they barely got by us, if by some miracle we're able to beat Mercyhurst this week and then go down and handle business at Slippery Rock and Slippery Rock is able to defeat Cal, then I don't know. I, I don't know how that works. Like if it's a, if it's a one if you have one loss, if it's a tie in the PSAC, like what the tiebreaker goes to. Well, we should see if IUP has any more speed bumps along the road. Um, you never know with a team like Gannon uh, what they could do. Uh, Mercier's always plays close games, so it, it, it seems like the PSAC West is kind of like the Wild West right now. Mm-hmm. That. Any, you know, I think the only team really you can count out as far as beating anybody uh, on any, any given week is Seton Hill. Uh, you know, Clary knocking off Gannon was interesting. So I think you know this this whole next month is going to be very interesting to see how these teams handle uh, playing each other. No team should be overlooked, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I mean every team is dangerous, and everybody has, uh, you know, the ability. I, there's great parity in the PSAC West. I think now, like the. Um, I had mentioned it before on air where there was there used to be like this gap between it was IUP and Cal at the top and then there was like this gap and then it was like the also rans and it was Edinburgh Rock and uh, Clarion in that group and then you know Seton Hill bringing up the rear but now I think I think that gap has closed and I think it's closed for more than just Edinburgh as Clarion starts to step up and and get some get right here going. Um, and, and of course, you know, Slippery Rock is is always dangerous. I think they're probably one of the most dangerous public um, or Apache schools, if you will, uh, in the state. So it it's going to be interesting, and there's going to be a lot of good, meaningful football played here in the month of October. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it, Tom. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think uh, IEP has to come up here to play Gannon. So that's going to be interesting coming up for pretty. I think it's pretty soon too. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, you know, just following the scores each week. 
Um, by the way, all the Edinburgh fans, if you're going Saturday, get there early because it's going to be chaos on that campus. I believe Mercier's has hockey, soccer, and volleyball at the same time as yeah. a football game. Yeah, so all at home. You might be you might be parking on uh, 38th Street and walking up. Yeah, so if you're going to come out, I believe that's a one. I want to say a one o'clock tip off for that one. Noon. Noon. Okay, so it's a noon kickoff for that one. Uh, get there early. You may want to get there at 11. Maybe bring a snack, camp out on the lawn. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, that it, yeah. I, I don't know what their university policy is on their land, on their lawns, because they look well manicured. So maybe, maybe not take Tubby's advice, but still, come out early. Uh, get yourself a seat. You're gonna want it. It's pretty nice up there. We were up there um, two years ago. Drew and I were on the call for that one. Uh, it's a really nice uh, little stadium they got there for football. Uh, so come on out. It's a short ride, like maybe 20 and, minutes. Uh, re- really, this is the time you want to go play at Mercer's because once uh, the fall really hits, those winds up there swirl. And they're up on a hill, so it, you know it's it's rough as far as uh, throwing the ball and kicking and stuff like that. So now is the time to play them, so it's a lot better environment for this football game. Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So I'm looking forward to it, Tom, and uh, I'll be here in studio. I'll be I'll be running the board as uh, Chris and Luke will be on the call for that one. So I'll be back here at home, but I don't know. Well, you'll be nice and comfortable. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least I'll be nice and cozy. I'll order in some pizza. You know, fat guy's dream: eating pizza and listening to football. There you go. <laughs> All right, Tom. So I thank you very much for for calling in as you do every Tuesday. Um, we look forward to hearing from you next Tuesday. As we do this again, we go around the high school scene and see what's going on in high school football, and then we'll talk a little uh, Division II football, too, as, as Tom Risenweber from Erie Times News joins us each and every Tuesday, sometime between 10 and 10.30. We'll have to nail down an actual time. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you again, Tom. Appreciate you. Okay. Yep. okay. So, we got the call in. It's now 10.53 here at... WFSC 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. And we covered just about all there is to cover, Miss Maddie. We did. So, went over Edinburgh football again. Edinburgh football up at Mercyhurst. Just a short ride up the road. Make sure you check that out. Friday night volleyball action. Make sure you check that out. Saturday, if you can't make it up to Mercyhurst to watch football, come on back out to to, uh, Macomb Fieldhouse. Cheer on the ladies volleyball team. Soccer in action tonight. They're down at Sleepy Rock, which eats a no bueno. But anyway, hopefully they can bring out the win. And we'll have a wrap-up and preview of all of that stuff Friday. Don't forget, Friday is College Radio Day in which uh, WFSE will be participating in. We have a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot of alumni calling back in for College Radio Day, and especially on our show, which will air Friday. No show on Thursday. No show Thursday. No show Thursday. Remember that. No show Thursday. So I don't want to see your tweets at me. Toby, why are you on air? Where's the show? Where's the podcast from Thursday? Well, guess what? There's no show on Thursday because Tubby ain't going to be here. But this Friday, starting at 11, 11 a.m., will be a special edition morning after as we have Alumni Day here on the morning after. 
From 11 to 11.30, it'll be Drew Patrick calling in. And then at 11.30, it'll be Gabe G-Money Hypes getting his takes. We'll play story, not a story, with the one, the only, Drew Patrick. We'll get his thoughts on the picks as well. And we'll find out what he's doing and how his career is going in the media world and how college radio helped him out. Then we'll do the whole thing all over again with G-Money Hypes as he'll be calling in at 1130. We'll find out what he's up to and how Campus Radio helped him out and his career and his endeavors. So you don't want to miss anything. Great big show on Friday. Again, tune in as much as you can Friday for every show as we will have the studio manned just about every hour. There'll be somebody here live on air. And almost as much as there'll be somebody here live on air, there'll also be an alumnus calling in as well. Some of your old favorites. We'll have Jade calling in from Pittsburgh. Perhaps the one, the only, Mr. Hussey, Brandon Hussey calling in from New York. From the awesome show, if you remember that from a few years back. It was a little bit before your time, Miss Maddie. And that's okay. A little bit. I know bit. we have a lot of alumni calling back, and we're hosting a WFSC Rewind. If you have not seen the tweets, if you have not seen the Facebook posts, if you are an alumni of WFSC um, and you want to participate, make sure you RSVP by Wednesday. That's tomorrow. Wednesday's the deadline. Tomorrow. Got to get it in. So we need to make sure that we plan for you so you have a spot. Yep. So, so. F- <laughs> until Friday, Burrow, have yourselves a great day.